got First John 3, verses 3. And it's, uh, I'm reading from the King James Version, which is older language, but it is a more secure language translation from the Greek. So I want to just read from this particular verse. It says, In every man that hath this hope, it's talking about the hope of eternal life, it says the eternal hope that is in us compels us to do something. So it says, Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. Every man that has this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. In other words, it's talking about God is pure, and everyone that has the hope of eternal life purifieth himself. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about filtered the filtered life. Amen. Thank you, Dean, for all your help. I appreciate you. So I was, obviously, you know, I grew up in Alaska. Some of you, I do have, um, I do have need of some help. I'm going to be blindfolding a few people. So this should get pretty entertaining, hopefully, um, in a, in a few minutes here. So don't fall asleep on me just as I'm getting started. But what I want to talk to you about is whether you know it or not, your life is surrounded by and influenced by and everything that you call good is filtered. Did you know that? Everything that you approach, everything that you deal with, everything that you handle, it's all filtered through some form, either either media or sound. How many enjoyed the worship band today? Weren't they playing amazing? That's great. I mean, I love how they are so skilled, but did you know that you're enjoying all of that sound based upon the fact that we're splitting different frequencies of that sound so that you can enjoy it? So the good that you're experiencing is actually because there's a little there's a little speaker on top of the top one. It's called a tweeter, and the and the tweeter actually does all the high sounds. This one in the middle does all the mid-range sounds, and this big one down here does all the low sounds. So you're enjoying music based upon filtered sound, and everything that you experience is generally filtered. We have we have um, you know lots of experience with this. Many of you have sent me pictures with a with a dog tongue hanging out and dog ears from Snapchat and uh, the filtered life is becoming more and more something that people talk about. People are, are demanding more filters on pictures. I just took a photograph class and they don't even, they don't even post. Most everybody that I'm seeing in the, in, the, in the chat groups and everything, they don't even post pictures that are not filtered. Because they know that just raw light and the way that you capture light requires that you do it in certain ways. And in order to do those things, you have to filter the light properly. In order to get the best picture, you need a filter. And so what, what I found out was early on, I, I knew I lived a filtered life, but I didn't realize how influential it would be later on in life. Because the world is not getting any better. Hello, somebody. And, and we live in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. Amen? For the Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. So therefore, we're not separating ourselves from our jobs or separating ourselves from friends in the world or people that don't live the Jesus lifestyle or live a, a lifestyle that, that is in line with the teachings of Jesus Christ from this, this sometimes ancient and scary book to the world. Ask your friends at work what they think about the Bible. They think it's strange. They think it's weird. They think, why would you live according 
according to a book that was written by people many, many, many years ago. But the truth of the matter is, if you fall in love with Jesus, you want to walk after what he teaches. And when you walk after what he teaches, he himself said that he, he came to fulfill the law and the prophets and the Psalms. And so what you find is Jesus referring to the word of God, all the prophecies speaking toward him and the New Testament written about him. And so therefore, if you want to fall in love with Jesus more, you need to read the word of God. You need to apply the word of God to your life and to your actions. Amen, somebody. So we have to understand that our life is constantly in needed, needing a filter. We need to know that, that there are things in this world that are built and designed for our entertainment, for our consumption, that we don't need to consume, amen? That our spirits do not need to take in. There are violence and there are things and there are, there are different aspects of media that we just need to live a filtered life, amen, somebody? So whether you know it or not, it's very valuable to live a filtered life. I had a youth pastor, and we used to run mountains. This is something I used to love to do. You guys know this. I've shared some stories from it. But what I noticed was when I got into the lower 48, as they call it, the states, the states that are below Alaska, that all the water tasted really bad to me. It was, it was like horrible. I would take a glass of water and I was like, what garbage pipe did that come out of? Because that is really bad to me. And my wife was like, I love this water. This water is amazing. And I'd be tasting sulfur. I'd be tasting, you know, um, leftover plastics and toxins. And no, I'm just kidding. I'd be tasting things that she could not taste because she was raised on a farm and they had heavy iron in their water. And so she was used to chewing her water. I personally wasn't, but she was used to chewing on her water before she swallowed. So for Christmas, they did something for dad that was really special. And I've had this, now I've had this since Christmas, but this is a Brita filter. And the angels said, hallelujah. Um, this is a filter. I don't know if you know, if you have one of these, how many have one of these at home? Raise your hand if you have one of these. Oh, a couple of you are living the good life. Amen. Brita puts the good back in the good life. I'll just tell you that right now. I know that's a song reference. I don't even know what the song is said, but this particular Brita is my special favorite thing. I have emptied it because um, I didn't want to spill it today while I was doing illustrations, but every once in a while, it ends up empty, and I open the refrigerator, and I um, give a great sigh, and um, I, I get very sad because then I have to decide whether I'm going to drink the city water. So what we did have recently at my house, we had a change to city water for the city of Brookfield, and I don't... I don't know why city water has to taste bad, but I, I didn't realize how blessed I was drinking out of my Brita pitcher until I decided one day when it was empty to go back to the faucet and get regular city water, the stuff that everybody else is drinking, okay? All the stuff that's supposed to be okay for you, it's already filtered by the city. And I took one drink and it was like, ugh. This is disgusting. I can't even drink this. And so I had to pour water into my Brita filter, stand there and watch it, you know, filter the water. And I slowly dumped out enough as I was trying to get a drink. Is anybody getting thirsty as I'm talking about water? Has the power of suggestion overwhelmed you yet? So what we find out is, I find out that whenever I was drinking water in Alaska, I didn't realize it, but I'm drinking some of the purest water on the planet. And then I come to different places like Bible College and other places, and I just can't get satisfied. And then when they bought me this, it was just like heaven on earth. I, my Brita pitcher is very valuable to me, and if you take it away, there will be a fight. I'm just letting you know. It's going to be a fight. But what I've learned, what I've learned is that 
whenever you drink something that's filtered and when you enjoy something that's been filtered, you lose a taste for the things that are not filtered. Amen? And so I want to apply this in our spiritual lives to the fact that we have oftentimes been spent, some of us have spent our lives in church and we have a religious um, mindset. We have ways that we do everything every week. We get up on Sundays, we go to church. Maybe we hang out with people from church during the week. And, and all of that lifestyle is good for us because it builds in natural filters. But if you ever get to the point where you look at the world and where it's going and you realize that they are feeding on things that we are not feeding on on a regular basis, you have to understand that it will not be appetizing to you when you start living for God and loving God and, and living his word. That the filters that we have in place just by coming to the house of God and just by living for the Lord and living a good and honest and acceptable life unto God, there are filters that get put in place by his spirit in our life and we can continue to live a very clean life. I want you to know that I have been in, I have improved my physical well-being just from drinking from a pitcher that's filtered. How much more is the body of Christ bettered by clean living individuals, by those that walk in the word and live by the spirit and, re and shun the flesh, those that decide to do something different than the masses that are headed toward destruction in their thinking and in their lives and in their commitments and in their covenants. There's so many places where I see people that are damaged and hurt and broken and abused and it didn't have to be that way but they were ingesting garbage and they were taking in things of this world and then the turnaround is that when they come when we see these things we can be put off because we can say why would you drink from a place like that but the truth is we need to lead them to the place where clean water flows. We need to lead them to the place where the spirit moves on somebody's life and where there's new hope and there's a new spring and there's a new source for their life and they are not just living from what they were but they're living for what they can be amen somebody because we're human beings and we can't replace things very well we can't replace things very well we have to remove something from our life in order to get a better life and sometimes removing it just makes us find something else to put in its place so we have to realize that in order to live a clean life in order to remove things from our life we have to replace them with clean things amen somebody so media has got all of these different filters on it we have filters on our cars we have filters on our house ventilation we have filters on, on drinks, we have filters on all kinds of stuff. We have filters on our phones, on our internet to protect our internet from getting viruses. We have filters in media. They're, they're doing some amazing things with geo-filtering now. I don't know if you know about this or not, but you can literally block off a section around your business or your church and everyone that walks into that space can get advertisements from your church or from your business just because they're geographically located close enough to your business. You can literally block off on demand and create on-demand filters so that people get the kind of stuff that they want because they're coming to your business 
previously a company that was limiting to like filtering birthdays, weddings, and celebrations. Now is filtering everything from food to 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 bars to 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 love to graduation to connections, all different kinds of things. And the pricing on this is actually set. It's called a geofence. It's a place where you walk into and they've set up a geofence that actually gives you certain filters. And for example, one company decided just to to block off their area for for just a little while for about a half an hour and or an hour long and it costs them five dollars to do this but if you block off certain areas in very high traffic places it can cost you thousands for instance if you want to create a filter fence around soma in south san francisco it'll cost you a hundred thousand dollars to do it for two days that's how much filters are, how filters are important in our world and the things that we attach to and we connect to. And I want you to know that the filter that is best for your life is to be filled with the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is a built-in filter. Amen, somebody? It filters not only the things that we live and see, but it filters the things that we cannot see, the spiritual attacks that we cannot know about until we seek God's face and we get full of the Holy Ghost. There are some things that we just simply will walk right into and not even know that we've walked into them and we will not be protected from those different filters unless we put the Holy Ghost in our life and he seals us with the Holy Ghost. Amen, somebody. And so I want you to know that I didn't realize how bad the water was until I got the filter, until I lost my filter for a day. And then I found out, man, it's bad. I need that in my life. Did you know that your heart is a filter your mind's a filter did you know that we personally are a filter that we filter things through our subconscious and that if we don't understand the word of God that we can actually take from those filters and we can actually take mindsets on that are not godly and holy and right literally first John 3 and 20 says that our hearts can condemn us did you know that did you know your heart can condemn you but the Bible says when your heart condemns you, there is one greater than your heart who is able to heal and to save and deliver. In 2 Kings, there's all kinds of places where we need to add filters to our life. But I want to just show you a couple places where they had the wrong filter. In 2 Kings 6, Elijah was praying. Actually, I kind of think Elijah went out to get his breakfast and he had his scrambled eggs and he sat down to the table and his, his servant comes out and looks out the window and he's in the middle of pouring his orange juice and his servant almost falls on the floor and says, we're surrounded by Midianites. We're surrounded by the enemy. What are we going to do? Elijah what are we gonna what are we gonna do we don't have weapons we don't have the ability to fight there's no way that we can ever win and Elijah just keeps pouring his orange juice nice and calmly and he said Lord would you change his filter would you show him in other words change his perspective would you show him what he cannot see right now because he's filtering everything based upon our ability to fight the enemy instead of God's ability to fight the enemy for us. And so what he did is he prayed that God would open his eyes because his eyes was, were giving him a perception of what was going on that wasn't what God wanted to do. And, and when Elijah prayed that prayer, a new filter was taken on by that, that messenger, that, that servant of Elijah, and he saw angels encamped round about their enemy. In other words, God surrounded their enemy. 
in order for them, in order for this young man to see that, he had to change his filter from, from being afraid because afraid will lock you in. Afraid will keep you from things that God wants you to do. And, and what he had to do is change his filter from fear to faith, believing that God was able to save them and deliver them from the enemy that was encamped round about them. I don't know what's circled around your life. I don't know what you feel crowded in by today or what is coming on, to, coming on, on Tuesday. You have Monday off and you're going to celebrate with all of us Labor Day and maybe do some work around the house. But maybe on Tuesday you got something that's coming at you and you're just not sure how much you're going to be crowded in. And I want you to know that regardless of how much it feels like you should be anxious or have fear for whatever's coming down the road, I want you to change that filter today if I could impress you to take fear out of the equation and put a faith filter in and say, regardless of what's coming, God is able to handle this. He's taken me through things greater. He's brought me through things before. He's going to get me through what's coming ahead of me. I want you to know if you celebrate a God who has given you victory in the past, he's going to still give you victory in the future because he's God and he does not change. He does not change. And I'm grateful for the victorious God that we live in because of his cross and because of his death, burial, and resurrection. Because we're not living just to victory. We're living from victory, which is powerful when you know that filter in your life. When you know that you get up every morning and you walk in victory, whether it looks like it or not. You walk in victory because the victor is Jesus Christ and he's drawing you not only from the glory that he has brought to your life through his spirit, but to the next glory that he wants because we go from glory to glory, the scripture says. And so there's God filters we need in our life. Did you know you need a thankful filter? Did you know that being thankful handles covetousness? Did you know that? If you have a covetous filter and you want this and you want that and you're not satisfied because you don't have this and you don't have that and if I can just get a big enough job with a nice enough car then I'll be happy. All of, that, all of those things are, 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 are built and brought to you because you have a covetous filter. You need to replace that covetous filter with thankfulness and just say God thankful I have a car. I know it may not start every time but thank God for a car. I know some people think it's just a hoopty but it's still my hoopty. Amen. I'm thankful for the fact that I have something that could take me to point A from point A to point B even if it's a skateboard amen I'm thankful for what I've got because I live with running water and electricity and I got up this morning with a healthy body do you see what's going on here I'm sharing with you some things you can be thankful for and all of a sudden you stop thinking about all the things that you've been complaining about and you start celebrating on the confidence that God has been good to you and you can thank him and walk away from the things that are filtering negativism into your life and so then you know you need to change your filter and put in a filter of patience I'm talking about maturity I grew up in a church where there was a lot of you know heavy legalism and laws and this and that and do and don'ts and and all of this linear kind of you know draw a line in the sand and if you're above the line you're being good if you're below the line you're being bad and you spend this whole life kind of zigzagging because we're flesh and we make mistakes and you're just kind of up and down up and down hopefully you're up when Jesus comes back but then sometimes you're down but then you're up but then you're down but then and then you're all headed in this linear line and eventually it splits off and and if you're up you go to the good place but if you're down you go to the bad place that's how I grew up in church 
church. I don't know how you grew up, but there's a lot of shame in that because there's times whenever I didn't feel like I was living up and I felt like I wasn't living up to what I was supposed to live up to. But I want you to know that the filter that I had in place was a filter of me. It was all about my performance, all about what I could do and how, I, how good I was. And really, the thing that I needed to be focused on was that God's grace was a filter that needed to be in my life. And God's presence was always there to help me and to guide me. And he loved me more when, just as much when I was up as when I was down. And he was walking me through to a place where I was being matured in God. And there was always this group of people that were so good and so above the line that I could never get to that place. And they heard from God. And they knew all the answers. And they had all the right things going on. But me, I was just struggling along, doing my thing, trying to somehow figure out this Bible and live for God. And yet, while I was doing my struggle, I didn't realize it, but those people were not just people that had all the answers. But God said in John 10 that my sheep know my voice. In other words, those special people that got it all right, yeah, they hear from God because they have matured in their walk with God, which is different from being firstborn because you have to learn how to mature in your walk with God. But what I didn't understand was it wasn't just them living above the line, but they had literally lived with a filtered life for so long that falling down was no longer an option. And they had put so many protections and geofences and places around them that they literally were living for God. And when they tripped and fell, it wasn't very far because they were living for God. They would get up every morning and they would do a filtered devotion. They would spend their time in the word of God and they would mature, they would mature their walk with God so much so that it seemed like they were so far above the bar. And yet what I realized was just because they hear from God in their maturity, in their walk with God, doesn't mean I can't hear from God when I stumble and fall. Because but the Bible says that my sheep know my voice. And so just because you've lived for 20 years for God and you have all of these wonderful filters that give you clean, a clean life, and a wonderful life doesn't mean that the person that just walked in that fell on their knees and is repenting and trying to walk out of a, a drug or an alcohol addiction doesn't hear from God. They hear from God maybe just as much as you do at times. You have to understand this isn't some special club. This isn't something where people are better than others. This is a place where we all walk with God. We all seek his voice and we all filter out the things of this world to the point that they become unappetizing. And I want to to taste and see that the Lord he is good and when I walk with God I love to come in and worship I love to spend time in the house of God you don't have to put a gun to my head to get me here on Sunday morning I want to be here because this is where God meets with me and I meet with him and I live a filtered life because it's the good life and because God says that is what's good the autonomous life is what got us in trouble when Adam and Eve said, I don't want what God calls good and evil. I want what I call good and evil. And we have been spending millennia defining what's good and evil for ourselves in our own autonomous living. And if we go back to the word of God, we find out that his good is actually the real good. And the, the way he wants us to live is better. Because brothers and sisters... We can't live with bitterness. We can't live with anger. We can't live miserable or unsure. They find out in, in society in different places where they do studies, some of the health 
professionals are now coming out with different things that they have tracked for 10, 20 years on people. And they found out that unforgiveness can lead to physical breakdown in your body. Literally, you can become sick and your organs can become damaged because you forget to forgive or you can't forgive. So I can't live with bitterness. I need to filter out bitterness, amen? I need to filter out anger. I need to filter out the things that cause me to be unstable because I want to walk with God. And so we see in the scripture that in 2 Corinthians, it talks a lot about what to do. And, and I want to show you what happens when you don't take bitterness and some of these other things out of your life. And I've chosen three things. Number one, that, that, that blinds you and live, has you, it causes you to not live a good life in Jesus Christ. I need a volunteer. Can I borrow somebody? I promise it won't be painful. Hopefully it won't be painful. Okay, well then I guess I'm blindfolding myself. Nobody's nobody's up for it. Oh, hey, let's give our Spanish pastor a great hand. Okay, so I want you just to hold that up there if you would. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to come around and tie that. Can I get a volunteer to help me tie this? Sister Gannon. She is not a nun. I just call her Sister Gannon. She, can you just tie that up for me? Can I get one more volunteer? Come on. Esteban. I love Esteban. I always pick on him. All right. Can you see? No. Okay. It, it is clean, I promise. <laughs> it was freshly washed. Can you put this on him for me? Okay. I want you just to turn around. And uh, just keep turning. And keep turning. Okay, that's good. Is that one tight? Can you get it? Yeah, this is the only thing I had to work with, so we're going to work with Okay, let's let's turn them around. All right, yeah, that's good. Oh, maybe we'll keep turning. Uh, that's good. Good job. All right, yeah, let's keep turning. This is fun. Everybody's feeling awkward here. Like, does he know where he's going with this? Yep, okay, we'll stop. Stop right there. Okay, you guys just stand there and uh, feel awkward. Just go ahead and stay there. Nobody's looking at you, I promise. If you can't see them, they can't see you. In Galatians 5, 16 through 17, it says this. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. In other words, the flesh wants what the spirit wants and the spirit wants what the flesh wants. And these are contrary one to another. So there's this fight going on inside of us so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. In other words, if we walk in the spirit, we have a filter provided to us by the spirit. And so... What I want to do is I want to just kind of line out for you the three things that, that are blinding agents to individuals that walk um, in the flesh. And number one is sin. I don't have a third person here, but I'm going to, sin is a, is a blinding agent. It blinds you. It gives you the bad filter. And then the second thing is unbelief or doubt. Everyone say doubt. Okay. So Estevan on my right is going to be doubt. And then the third thing is unforgiveness, which we kind of already started into unforgiveness and, and brother Adon is going to be unforgiveness. So this, this is what it's like to live with these filters on you. You cannot see the spiritual things that God wants you to see. It blinds you to what God is doing and you can't see the kingdom of God in this present earth working. So you can spend your life just spinning and not really feeling like you're getting anywhere and just kind of 
spinning in circles and, and going about your day. Yeah, you're doing maybe some good things. Maybe you're, maybe you're winning um, in life. Maybe people would say you're successful, but you don't feel like that. All right, go ahead and stop. Now, I'd like for you guys to go ahead and find your way back to your seat. Uh, good luck with that. You see how hard this is? Yeah, he's having a hard time. Brother Adon is like, I don't even want to try to do this because I'm going to trip and fall. So what's happening is, good job, Estevan. He's even trying still. What's happening is his filter, he's blinded by a filter that doesn't let him get back to the place where he belongs. So I'm going to take this off real quick. Sorry to mess up your hair. But could you find your seat now? Could you do that? Man, it's so much easier, isn't it? To walk and to see. Estevan, how are you doing? Do you know where you're going? Okay, there's a wall. Everybody give Estevan a big hand. He's still trying. Most of you would have given up a long time ago. Oh, 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 he made it to his seat. Great job. You can take your blindfold off now. Good job. Everybody give him one more hand because he actually made it. I didn't think he was going to make it there. But hopefully you remember this illustration that whenever you have doubt in your life, you can't see what God's trying to do because you miss the faith opportunities. And the problem with missing opportunities is they, they will come back around. God will give you another chance. But you have to live sometimes that out. And so when you don't see what God wants to do, you can tend to be overcome with doubt and fear and different things that are human emotions are, um, that overtake us when we're actually, supposed to, we're actually supposed to live victorious. We're supposed to live in God's dominion and power. And so when we replace these filters, it's very important that we know what it is to replace those filters. So I want to just jump over to 2 Peter 1, 3 through 12, because I talked about that group of people that's always above the line, that seems to always be doing everything right. I want to show you what what Peter says about maturing in God. In, 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 first, in 2 Peter 3 and 1, we see that Peter is now knowing that he's going to um, that he's going to be killed, and he's kind of wrapping things down um, in his walk and in his life. And he's actually writing a letter to the to the churches in Asia Minor. And this letter is recorded in Scripture because it's given to us as an example of how to live for God the best way possible. And I thought I marked it. I did. There we go. Second <clears throat> Peter one and verse three. And it tells us kind of the starting place here is it gives us kind of like a, a background of what we're going to be talking about. So let's start in Second uh, Peter verse 3. According to the divine power hath given unto, a, uh, hath given unto us all things to, that pertaineth unto life and godliness. Everyone say life and godliness. According to the divine power, it's talking about the Holy Ghost. According to the divine power that God has given us, it's 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 given unto us all things unto that are pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who hath called us to glory and virtue. Okay, now here's some things that are set up in this scripture by whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Everyone say promises. 
that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. So Peter's saying, you can partake of God's divine nature through his promises if you will apply a few things in your life. It's going to require you to do something. You're going to have to discipline yourself and disciple yourself and mature yourself. And that those are filters that must be in place. So let's look at the filters that Peter says we need to put in place. Um, according to the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Everyone say faith. That's the first filter you need to have. You can't even come to God without faith. Amen. Hebrews tells us it's without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then you add to your faith virtue. Everyone say virtue. And virtue is actually uh, interpreted in the Greek as, as a pure life or a modest living. That's where we get the teaching of modesty and dress is from a virtuous life. If you live a virtuous life and you break down the Greek, it says, it literally says modesty in the way you live, talk, walk, and what you wear. And so it's important that you understand that everything you do communicates. The Bible talks about that you live a communication life, that your life is a conversation, that what you wear says something, what you do says something, how you act says something. And so Peter like if you're going to understand that your life communicates a light to this world that's very dark and that this world is full of corruption and, and there's lusts and things like that if you're going to communicate something better you need to put these things in your life faith and virtue and then add to virtue everyone say knowledge Go to verse 6. These are filters that we need to have in our life. If you don't go to college and you don't seek out more knowledge in your life, you should be studying and learning at the feet of Jesus all your life. You should be a student of the word of God. Amen? The, the word of God is so powerful and so amazing that it's a living book that interacts with you. But you should continue to constantly have knowledge and, and read and grow and learn because that is a way that you continue to seek out um, things of God in, in, in ways not only just, I'm not just talking about secularly getting a degree, but I'm talking about seeking out the things of God and learning of God. And the word knowledge here is is broken down into a couple different things, but we'll continue on. It says in verse 6, and to knowledge, temperance, which is self-control. Temperance is literally having control of your own body. And the way that it's broken down, it actually says to the point that that specifically having control of your own sexual desires is actually the way it's broken down. So it's saying when you get faith, get a modest lifestyle, a virtuous lifestyle, and then add to that knowledge of God, and then begin to add to that self-control of you and your life. Be controlled. Be able to say no to yourself. And then add to that temperance. Add patience. Add patience, a virtue, right? Patience is a virtue, we say. But how many of us um, have problems with patience when someone merges in front of us on the freeway? Hello, somebody. Or when we're in a hurry and someone doesn't seem to be in a hurry at all in any way, shape, or form. We need to add patience to that. And then look what comes after patience. Godliness. So I had this linear line where I was focused on whether I'm being good or I'm being bad or whether I'm up or I'm down, whether I'm living godly or not. And what I didn't realize because nobody taught me was I need to start with faith and remove doubt. 
I need to start with vert, and then I need to add virtue, and then I need to add knowledge, and then I need to add temperance. And all of these things work stacked on top of each other to lead you toward godliness. So when someone comes in and you're like, hey, you need to be godly, you're handing them the wrong thing. You're asking them to fail. Because you need to first ask them, hey, do you believe that God can change your situation? Do you believe that God's able to do exceeding abundant above all you could ever ask or think? You have to start with these filters first in order to get them to a life of godliness and to get ourselves there. Amen? Does that make sense? Because if you don't, you're asking them to do high math without ever learning arithmetic. You, you, they don't have the foundation to go towards something godly because they don't know a God like that. They only know a God who's a judge and a ruler and I'm condemning you. When really they need to know a God who transforms you. He's like the sun. The closer you get to him, it can, it can damage you, but the closer you get, the more you feel the rays of love from him because he is love. And that's what I want you to understand is his transforming power takes place, but we have the process or the opportunity to be involved in the change making good in our life through these different filters. And the God, and to godliness, brotherly kindness. You wonder why there's so much hate in the world right now? You wonder why there's so much so many schisms and so much so much bigoted language against different cultures? Because brotherly kindness comes after godliness. And we've lost faith and we've lost virtue and we've lost all these other things in our culture. And how are we asking people to come together and unify? The only place to come together and unify is found in the greatest thing of these, and that is love. It's a fact. And so if you continue to look on, he says, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. There it is. The word charity in the scripture means love. He said all of these different attributes you can take on in your life. You can work toward them yourself. And the greatest of these is love. Loving somebody. Because the Bible does tell us that love covers a multitude of sins. Amen, somebody? And so when we love somebody, we change their life. We change their outlook. Because maybe all they've ever known is a God that's a punishing God. But when they experience Jesus through your love for them, you might be the only Bible they read. You might be the only Jesus they know. Can you change somebody's life? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to put yourself out and maybe be inconvenienced by the fact that you're the one that's offering something good to them that they have never experienced before? It's like giving somebody who's only had dirty water their entire life, giving them a cup of clean water that's been filtered. And the experience is so much greater. If you've, if you've never seen a video or watched something on on, on a foreign country or undomesticated country where they didn't have they don't have clean water they don't have good places and I know friends that were in the military and they had to drink water from water trucks that would pull up and they would get a cup of orange water with dirt in it and they would have to let the dirt sit down so they could drink the water there's all kinds of things like that but if you ever see um, footage and video of, of someone coming in and drilling a well and giving a culture or a, or a village clean water there is celebration there is excitement people are dancing around the water well because there is something amazing about giving them something they've never had a clean source of health and life and that's what Peter is trying to say he's like saying if you do this you will live a good and godly life you will live the best life you could live this is God's definition of good 
So would you stand with me today? And I'm wondering what do you have in your life that you need to remove and replace? Because you can't just remove it. You have to replace it with something better. If we're going to take something out, we need to put in something better. Everybody that I know has heard of these things before. They, they see the good in them. They see the good in these filters, but some of them haven't been applied to their life. And I'm just asking God to help you to pick one. Pick one this week and start. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to try to be godly and, whole, uh, and holy. I just want you to pick one. Just say, you know what? I've been dealing with a lot of doubt. I have been looking at everything with such skepticism, if that's a word. I've been such a skeptic, amen? And I want to have more faith in my life. I want to believe for better days. I want to believe my best is up ahead of me. I want to believe that there's somebody out there for me. I want to believe that there's that God has a plan for my life in a way that I couldn't even orchestrate. I want to believe that there's something good that's going to come from a virtuous life. Maybe you've been living a modest and holy life. Maybe you feel like there's so many that have given up on that walk of life. And you're like, well, where's the benefit? Where's the good? The good is that you have peace in your heart. And you have a God who walks with you and loves you as a friend. And, th and that there's love that you experience and there's good that you experience. And you don't have to you don't have to try to filter through all the garbage that's in your life to try to find one thing that's good. But you're actually living a clean life. It's important. It's so important that I felt like I needed to preach on filtered today. I hope this helps you in some way. It's not maybe the most earth-shattering sermon you've ever heard, but it may be the most important sermon you ever heard. Because if you've been trying to live godly all your life and you've been falling below that line, guess what? All you need to do is add a little faith and then start adding some virtue and then say, you know what? I've been popping off at people lately. I, I need to stop that. I, I need to control my tongue. I'm going to add some patience. I'm just, I'm not going to analyze the situation and make prejudgments anymore. I'm going to wait and patiently hear out the rest of the story. I'm going to give some patience. And you'll find yourself climbing back to a place where you feel whole and you feel happy again. And you don't feel like you're missing something anymore. Bow your heads with me. Jesus, would you let somebody add to what they've already put in place? Maybe they've had a faith walk for a long time and they have a very strong faith in you. But Lord, would you let them add temperance. Maybe they just haven't been able to keep that temper from flying out and they need to work on self-control. Maybe they need to work on a, a desire that's getting the best of them right now and, and they don't want to talk to anybody about it because maybe our situations are so different and they don't know that somebody else would have the same struggle as them but I'm asking you to help somebody with their sexual desires today that they might be a person of temperance maybe help somebody with their virtues today that they would have virtuous understanding that they would have a moral right thinking and a moral compass and that they would get their good from you God maybe you'd help somebody Jesus 
put in a filter in their life of, of patience or temperance or, or long-suffering. Maybe there's something that right now in their life is just eating away at them. And when anybody brings it up, it brings up fear. It brings up feelings of anger. They can't even talk about it. If there's someone like that in this room, would you cover them in your grace and your love? And would you cover that situation and would you make a difference in that situation? God, whatever it is, however we're leading life right now, may we apply some filters to our life so that we can live the best in you. I pray in Jesus' name.